passage open um, as we start to look at it together. And let me pray and ask for, for God's help as we do. Father God, thank you for your living word to us. And as we think about how we respond to it today, please, Father, would you help us to respond rightly as you'd have us do. In Jesus' name, amen. When I've been preaching, I'm aware of nine times when somebody has fallen asleep. To be fair, six of them were the same man. <laughs> at a, a man in his 70s at a senior meeting that we had at our previous church. Without fail, it wasn't just me. Without fail, within two minutes, he was asleep. But that does still leave three times on a Sunday morning when I'm aware of people who have fallen asleep. How many of you are guiltily thinking, did he catch me? Did he catch me? <laughs> Three times that I'm aware of. But uh, hey, listening to God's words after a brutally tiring week can be hard, okay? But actually, someone falling asleep when I'm speaking doesn't actually concern me as much as those who are, have awake bodies but have sleepy souls. I've called this talk, uh, Listen Up. There is a handout there if, if you find it helpful to know where we're going um, or to, to take notes. Because this passage is all about how people listen to Jesus. Uh, the word here comes ten times through it. I don't know if you spotted, came again and again ten times. Uh, and two times Jesus tells the people he was speaking to what to do, he tells us what to do. It comes at the end of verse 8, first of all. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then verse 18, take care then how you hear. Hear, hear, hear. This is how people respond when they hear Jesus speaking. And through this, through this passage, he's going to explain why it is so important that we respond rightly and what it means to do that. Well, our passage starts with Jesus doing what Jesus did. He, he said a number of times already that his, the reason he came to earth was to preach the good news, to preach about the kingdom of God. Guys, sorry, can, perhaps can we switch to the other mic? I don't know, I'm certainly getting quite a lot of ringing. Um, maybe the lectern might be better um, coming out. I'll let you guys play with it. Um, the, the passage starts with him preaching about the kingdom of God. So verse 1 uh, chapter 8, that's big 8, and then the little one. Uh, soon afterwards, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what he's doing. And accompanying him are, are uh, a big crowd. He's got the 12 apostles that we've been introduced to already, but also these, these uh, named women, and indeed some others. Uh, these, these named women providing for Jesus the, the impression we get there is that they're, they're out of their resources. They are providing food and, and money for accommodation and the like. They're supporting Jesus in this work. And on one of these occasions, um, we get this huge gathering. So from verse 4, you see people from town after town came out to hear Jesus. It's pretty exciting. I right? imagine Victoria Park, she's there, people from New Barnet, from East Barnet, from High Barnet, from Cockfosters, from Whetstone. All these surrounding people coming and flocking to hear Jesus. It's an exciting time. And it is, but Jesus isn't carried away. Because the important thing for Jesus isn't how many people there are listening to him, it's how those people are listening to him. 
Because how many of them are there to actually hear? How many of them actually are really listening? Okay, in the days without Netflix, this is entertainment. Great, rock up, there's this big crowd, come and hear this guy, some new thoughts, brilliant. Lots of people, but are they really there to hear? How hungry were they? Uh, and so you can see uh, from your handouts are up there, that the first point, uh, and we're going to spend most of our time here, possibly even all, we'll see how we get on, but most of our time here, the important thing is to hear and to hold on. Hear and to hold on. Jesus tells this huge crowd a parable. A parable is simply, it's a story with a meaning, with a message behind it. And this parable explains why Jesus spoke in parables as well. It's a really significant one. And the story he tells is one from agriculture. Okay, it would have been very, very familiar to his hearers. They may have even been able to look across and see somebody doing this. But probably for the most of us, not so familiar. Because it's about a farmer sowing seed. One of the things I've, I've learned about reading, um, I've, one of the things about reading bedtime uh, books to children is I've learned an awful lot about things I knew nothing about. I know a huge amount about dinosaurs. A huge amount. I know quite a lot now about sea creatures. I also learned about farming. You know, I've got one book, you know, the plows and the harrows, the rollers, the seed drill. I don't know if you know all that. But in those days, it would have been a much simpler thing. It would have been a farmer with a bag over his shoulder of seed, and he'd be walking along, throwing out the seeds, throwing it out, throwing it out. That's what it was, very simple. And this is the story that Jesus tells. Um, although the, the, the ESV heading, that's the, our Bible's heading, the, the parable of the sower, that, that's not part of the original. Uh, and although they've called it the parable of the sower, I think it'd be better if you were going to give it a heading to call it the parable of the soil. The soils, sorry. The parable of the soils. Because through the story, the farmer remains the same, the seed remains the same, the difference is the soils that it goes into. So let's have a look at this, this parable, this story together. Verse 5, that's a little 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. So this seed just, just gets no way. He's walking along and, and there'd been a kind of tro- well-trodden path from past years. Um, and the first one on the left there, the seed just falls on the path. And because it's hard, it doesn't go in and birds come along and eat it all up. Secondly, verse 6, And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. So this type of soil would have been very common in those areas. It would be a kind of solid layer of rock, but would have a thin layer of soil over the top of it. And this seed, it goes in, it gets in okay, and it starts to grow, but, but it can't dig down, it dig its roots down. And so when the sun comes up, it's got no moisture, and it withers away. Thirdly, verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. You see, the seed here has competition. It starts to grow, but unfortunately it loses its competition. The weeds entrap it, entangle it, and they choke it out. And then finally, verse 8. The good soil. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold a remarkably rich harvest uh, books tell me that kind of average yields 
um, would have been come about 30 times, 30 times. So you see, you get 30 times more, 100. It's a huge harvest from that which finds the right soil. And having told this, this parable, again, Jesus wants to make sure people get the importance of it. So the second half of verse 8, and he said to, uh, sorry, as he said these things, he called out. He didn't want anyone to miss this bit. He called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen up. He calls out. And this parable is explaining the different reactions that the crowd had to Jesus' preaching. Okay? This reaction is explaining how that, those crowds are responding to his words. And it also explains the different reactions that everyone who would ever hear the word of Jesus would have as well. So us here today is explaining how we respond. We see that in the next couple of verses. So verse 9. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said to them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Okay, might not kind of seem particularly obvious when we first read it, but but in these verses we have two groups, okay? We have the disciples, and that's not just the the 12 apostles, that's the the women and the others as well. So anyone who's following Jesus, you have the disciples, and to them, Jesus says, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of of God. In the Bible, the secrets are something that um, a person couldn't work out on themselves, by themselves, but God has revealed it to them. To them, to the disciples, God has revealed truths about the kingdom, how to get in, what it's like, how to live in it. Then you have the others, and the others are under the judgment of Isaiah's prophecy. I don't know if you see the little quote marks there. But um, way back in Isaiah, he was an Old Testament prophet, and at his commissioning, God gave him a very strange commission, or seems very strange. It said this, God said, go and say to the people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but don't perceive. That's a really strange message to go out with, isn't it? Listen up, but don't get it. Hear me, but but don't understand. You see, in, in judgment, God was stopping the people from understanding. And this is why Jesus was speaking in parables. He was revealing truth to some and stopping some from understanding. Now again, why? Why is it that some get it and others it's hidden from them? Well, back in Isaiah, this judgment came on the people because of their repeated, repeated, repeated rejection of God and his words. They didn't listen. They didn't listen. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen, and so eventually they couldn't listen. God hid from them. And here in Luke, we see the same kind of thing. The beginning of verse 9 is really the crucial bit there. Did you see that? And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant. That word asked, um, I looked up in my... my, um, my, um, uh, my uh, Greek 
dictionary can be translated as interrogated, questioned, demand of. The disciples went up to Jesus, having heard this story, and they said, Jesus, tell us what this means. What is it about? I don't understand. Help me understand. You see, they weren't simply happy to say, oh, that was a nice story. Deep, layered. Hmm. What do you mean? No idea, but I'll be back tomorrow. They were, Jesus, tell us what it's about. Help us understand it. You see, there is a danger from having lots of exposure to God's word. And the danger is that if you hear it lots and you ignore it lots, then one day God may step in and act in judgments. On the flip side, hungry listening. Hungry listening is what Jesus wants. He wants people who hear and are desperate to understand. Look, if, you, if you've been coming along on a Sunday uh, and you've been hearing these things and you, you know there's, there's something about this, but I, I just don't get it, can I encourage you to keep looking, to ask. Ask God. Say, God, help me to understand this. Equally, ask perhaps the person who's been bringing you along or come and ask me. Help, ask for help to see this, to grasp the truth of God's word for yourself. Listen hungrily, Jesus is saying here. And then Jesus goes on to explain this parable to the disciples who have asked, and maybe the crowds were listening in as well. He explains it. Verse 11 uh, Jesus it there explains that the seed is the word of God. We got that already. But as we started to see, Jesus explains in much more detail here that, that not all hearts are equally receptive to God's words. So firstly, verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Okay, so here's the first, the first type of seed, the, the, um, the first type of soil, the seed is snatched away. The seed simply never takes root, never gets in. The word doesn't penetrate, and the enemy, devil, Satan, comes along and snatches that seed away. It never gets in, it never penetrates at all. It's the friend who comes along to the Connect Table events and never mentions the talk ever again. It's the person who comes to church every week, but is sat there and spends about half their time, half the time listening, half the time kind of planning what they're going to do in the afternoon. It never gets in. And the warning there is, well, they, they don't believe and they won't be saved. Verse 13, the second soil. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they, they fall away. So the second soil, those that receive it, but fall away. It's a promising start. They shoot up. It looks like they receive it with joy, but it's, it's all kind of superficial. They hear, and they think it's the best news in the world, that Jesus, God himself, will come to earth to come and live on it, to, to teach all these things, to then die on the cross for me. 
taking my punishment, that I may be forgiven, that I might enter the kingdom of God and have a relationship with him. It's, it's the best news in the world. And they seem to leave, believe that before too long, hardships come along. Because living as a Christian will be difficult. And when those hardships come along, then the cost becomes too much. You know, when, when living and, and speaking for Jesus makes them unpopular at work, maybe they miss out on a promotion, the cost becomes too much. When friends kind of stop inviting them along to things, well, the cost becomes too much. They're worn down by family members, mo- gentle mockery again and again and again. The cost becomes too, too much. Thirdly, verse 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Third one there. These are people who are choked by the things of life. Again, they also have a good start. They start to grow but the fruit doesn't mature. And here the issue is is wrong priorities. They're preoccupied and distracted. You've got the cares, the riches, the pleasures of life. None of them bad things of, of themselves, but they take over. Like weeds choking a plant, they take over. And somebody who's worried about their health, who had a health scare, and they become obsessed with health, and they have time to go to the gym five times a week for an hour and a half, but, but don't have time for, to, to read the Bible and pray themselves. You have that somebody who's at work who has a promotion uh, with the extra pays kind of dangled in front of them and they start saying later and later and later and can't make it to connect anymore and can't make it to that anymore. And, or the person who holidays become that, the be-all and end-all. Things that aren't bad by themselves, but they take over. And whatever it is, before too long, it's taken over and the spiritual life is is choked. And then finally, verse 15, and for for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Here's the one. Here's the one that bears fruit. And you see the key thing that Jesus says here? The key things are integrity and endurance. Firstly, they they hear with integrity, with honest and good hearts. They are sincere. They, They really do want to hear from God and grow in relationship with him and grow in holiness. They don't kind of put on a show, like always kind of very warm, thanks preacher, great sermon. And I say, oh, what, anything particularly helpful? Uh, yeah. None of these people, they, they grab hold of it, they love it, they want to grow. With a good, uh, uh, honest and good hearts. And then second, with endurance. Do you see there again in verse 15, they, they hold it fast. They hold it fast. And they bear fruit with patience. So where patience is perseverance, endurance. They keep going with it. For Luke, it, it, it's not so important about how somebody starts or appears to start the Christian journey. The significant thing is that they, they endure, they persevere to the end. And it's the one that is clinging on to God's words. That's the one where the seed reaches maturity. That is the one who bears fruit 
in their life. That is the one who comes from uh, kind of from no, no interest in God at all, but who comes along and who's intrigued by what they hear and they want to find out more, so they keep coming back. And they ask questions until they get it. They put their trust in Jesus. And they love this word, but they start to share it with, with all their, their friends and their family. And they come along and they want to serve in church because they want the word to go out. And they're active. The fruit's bubbling over, bursting out. Same sower, same seed. It's the soil that brings the different outcomes. Only one yields fruit. Only one does what seed is, is designed to do. Now for many, Satan's going to snatch that seed away from hard hearts. For others, they're going to appear to make a great start, and yet as soon as trials stop, uh, sorry, as soon as trials come, growth stops. Others are so concerned about mortgages and extensions and children's schools and health and achievements and wealth and reputation, career and whatever else, they lose sight of the most important thing. What Jesus seeks is a heart of integrity that will earnestly seek his word and want to bear fruit in their lives and they'll hold on to it. Just being in the crowd wasn't enough. Just being at church, coming to connect, our midweek Bible study, doing your quiet times, just doing that isn't enough. All, all four of those hearts, those soils were present that day as Jesus spoke. That's why he said it there. And in a group this size, I'd be very surprised if all these four aren't present here this morning too. Because what kind of soil are you? Well, how you listen to the word will reveal it. So listen hungrily. Hold on to it. Secondly, and we are going to whiz through these next two things. Uh, hear carefully. Hear carefully. If you have a look at verse 18, I've, I've read it already, uh, but at the beginning of it, they, you see the key thing from these verses. Take care then how you hear. Take care then how you hear. Here's another appeal to listen and to do so with care. Uh, the, the slightly tricky thing about these verses is working out how the, the three fit together. Did you see take care then how you hear? So the, the reason for hearing are found in the, in the verses before and indeed afterwards. Why should we hear carefully? Well, number one, Jesus' word is the light which shows the way to salvation. Number one. Number two, Jesus' word is the light which exposes ourselves. So verse 16, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. You light a, a lamp, um, maybe a kind of oil lamp, something a bit like that that might appear. Um, you light a lamp, you don't stick a bowl over it. You don't put it under a bed. That completely defeats the point of it. The, light, the lamp is there to, to, show, uh, to, to give light, to show people the way. And Jesus' word is this light that helps us to see the world as we should. It shows the way to be saved. It shows us how we should live our lives. So that's why we listen to it. We take care. It's this light that shows us the way. It also shows us about ourselves. Verse 17, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, made known. 
nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. You see, what light does is it reveals things. You go to the dentist, open wide, shine a big light in your mouth because the light shows up what the problems are. Jesus' word shows us the flaw, our flaws and our failures. It brings them to light. Now, certainly at the judgments. And since Jesus' word shows us salvation, since it shows us ourselves, well, take care then how you hear. And there's one more reason we get the warning and the wonderful offer from uh, the rest of verse 18. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. You see, the person who listens carefully to God's word and understands it even more clearly, they are going to see God's word and understand it even more clearly still. But the person who doesn't heed what they, they hear, well, even what they think they know is going to be taken away. So hear carefully, hear seriously. And then finally, hear and do. Put it into practice. So at the end of this day's teaching, uh, Jesus has been teaching, and his family turn up, verse 19, and then his mother and his brothers came to him. They could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Jesus takes us one more opportunity to stress the importance of how people hear his words. And it's perhaps the greatest motivation there can be. And we read that verse 21 again. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Being in God's family isn't about physical descent. It's about natural kind of being born into the right place or the right kind of people or anything like that. No, it is about hearing and doing the words. Hearing and doing. And we've already seen this challenge again. It's not just about hearing, but putting into practice too. And for, for, for regulars, if, if you've been here through this series over the last little while, has God's word shown you that you should, there is somebody you need to forgive? These are things that we've seen in, in Luke's over the last few weeks. Has God's word shown you that um, you need to do good to somebody who has wronged you? Has God's word shown that you need to stop judging someone? Has God's word showed that actually you need to lovingly challenge somebody? Has God's word shown you that there's somebody you need to speak of about Jesus? Has God's word shown you that you need to trust in Jesus for yourself? If you, God's word has shown you that, do it. Do it. Put it into practice. So hear and hold on. Hear carefully. Hear and do How are you listening? I don't think anyone fell asleep today. How are you listening? Authentic listening is hearing that leads to faith. And faith that leads to lives that are consistent with the word of God. How are you hearing? Let's pray together.
Father, please, uh, truly would these things characterize us individually and as, as a church? Would we be people who not only hear your words, but are hungry for it, that hold on to it, and to seek to put it into practice? Please work in us by your spirits. In Jesus' name, amen.